When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season 14, episode 14 of our Married at First Sight recap. Hi, Aid. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Tane? I'm good. All things being equal. No, I'm I'm joking. I'm good. I've been under the weather, but um, Aid has assured me that I don't sound too bad. So hopefully I don't sound too nasal. But um, yeah, it's been a decent week. We've finally got some sun. I'm, I'm glad that the sun has come to you. <laughs> it's now like yeah. 87 degrees. The humidity setting in. I'm like, you will not complain <laughs> about this weather. <laughs> you came here for the warmth you will enjoy the warmth yeah you should yes but i'm glad we also have some warmth but then i suspect that's also why i'm a little under the weather because anytime we get like a weather change my body reacts by saying well we weren't ready for this but i welcome it all the time i'm a summer kind of gal i hope that you get to enjoy summer instead of the sickness that summer has brought you i will i shall i hopefully next week i'll be good as new and i have exciting plans so yeah so do you have any housekeeping for the people out there i do so last week you said we were gonna do the ultimatum but we pushed it to next week (laughs) so we're gonna watch the whole show and then bring you a couple bonus episodes yeah we didn't realize we thought that it was gonna be weekly and then we realized netflix just switched it up on us and they were like eight episodes and then two episodes so we had to adjust so we're excited about that. Um, what is going on on the socials with all the old people? I always love that I call them old people. The people from previous <laughs> seasons. The non-current the folks. <laughs> the former couples. <laughs> Not a whole lot, or maybe I missed a whole lot. Who knows? But um, Henry from New Orleans celebrated his 37th birthday. And looks like he hung out with Woody. I couldn't tell because Woody posted a birthday video. Couldn't tell if it was an old one or a current one. But nice to see that they're still hanging out together. Um, Jessica from DC Season. Her brother and sister-in-law are having twins. Um, some may wonder why this is news well because she's a twin herself so it's just fun because she had a baby her twin sister had a baby and now her brother's having a baby and he got the twins so wow that's actually really cool (laughs) it is and you know how they say it skips generations well clearly not so (laughs) that's nice yeah good for them um this (laughs) i shouldn't say made me laugh but Zach from Houston 
put up a story saying that if you are struggling with depression or mental health and have and have no one to talk to, to reach out to him. And I understand. <laughs> no, listen. There are organizations that you're supposed to reach out to for help with your mental health. I don't think their names are Zach Freeman. I just, this is not a Zach thing. I think even when people do this on social media, there's a lot of people like, if you have no one to talk to, DM me, reach out to me. Sometimes we're not equipped for some of the things people are going through and you don't know whether you're going to say the wrong thing. Like, it's just better to direct people to the right resources and the trained people, you know, that would provide them with help. And I get it. It's a nice sentiment, but it's just Zach. I, I, you got shit to deal with first. Like, I don't think you should be. Yeah. So that was interesting. I'd say to say the least. Um, Jamie of Jamie and Doug are still doing the road trip with the RV and she's doing meet and greets at certain stops. And if I saw correctly, she's making people sign NDAs <laughs> to meet and greet Jamie. I don't, I don't want to say this, like, don't quote me, but I think I saw this and I'm like, well, okay. The only but thing hey, I can think of is if her location is somehow SpawnCon. So she, but, but this is like way too deep for Jamie. I just, you know, the usual dramatics. There was a part where they got stuck on the road and you can see her go, Doug, no, Doug, wait. And then she's captioning it, like, find out how this was. So I was like, well, Jamie. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Anyways, if any of you out there go for the meet and greets, you know, let us know how that went and if you actually had to sign an NDA. But yeah. Um, Brianna is getting ready for Hot Girl Summer. She said she got herself a trainer. If you remember in the show, she said she didn't need to work out. So I think it's an influence from Vince because Vince likes to work out. And she's giving her trainer a two-month challenge to get her right and tight. And good luck to her. She looked like she was having fun. They're still so cute. They have all these cute videos up there. I'm just so confused how a person like Brianna could be getting something right and tight. I mean, everyone has different (laughs) things that they desire, different goals. I know, I know. know. (laughs) It's still bizarre to me. I'm like, you're very tiny. Anyway, sorry. Um, Ashley from Chicago just caught up with maps and she did a video and was so surprised at Olajuwon and just wondering like, is he getting a bad edit or is he really like this? Like her brain can't comprehend that there's a human being that's this bad. And she's like, why did no one tell me about this? And I'm just like, honestly, at this point, it should be expected. And I think she just watched the episode where he was going on and on at Dr. Pepper. I think that was the episode that she just caught up on. But I'm like, yeah, Olajuwon still... Surprising people out there. And finally, Sheila from the Chicago season, the original, visited Danielle from the Chicago season who has now moved to Nashville. So again, it is still always nice when you see these people still in contact and, you know, still being friends and being in each other's lives. At least you got friends out of it, even if it's not oh, well, marriage. Nashville is hopping lately. You went, everybody seems to be going, <laughs> Danielle moved there must be something yeah. going on in Nashville. I mean, you could get swept up in it. Like, you go out there, you're like, you know what? I could live here. It could be fun. But you always have to remember what the vacation vibe is. You visit a place, it's nice to visit, but not exactly to live. But they do say it's great to live in, but I wouldn't know. I've never lived there. But yeah, it's a good place to visit and have fun. Okay. 
So what did you think of this week's episode? Gotta tell you, Aid, I did like it. I was just trying to make it through because I was a little bit drowsy with my box of tissues blowing my nose and couldn't hear everything. But (laughs) overall, you know, the couple's retreat usually give. Again, we will never forget that the retreat is what gave us the exorcism of Michaela and Monty Clark. And I don't think it disappointed. I was entertained. How about you? Oh, I was very entertained by this episode. (laughs) Once we get to this part of the season, my expectations for being entertained are pretty low. Um, (laughs) This this show needs to be shortened by about three episodes. Everybody knows it. Yes. Absolutely. these people, they know how their personalities are so are such that they can create a very entertaining show without flipping over any furniture, just being themselves, sitting around talking. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> is this the part where we say thank you, Lindsay? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> because she is uh, 75% of it. <laughs> she really is. <sighs> and this is why they cast quote unquote, that type on the show, because it seems like that's what we get in the retreat. That's when it all comes out. So I don't know. Let's get into it, shall we? We should. Okay. So we find out that it's 13 days until decision day and the couples are packing for the couple's retreat. And you just know at this point, Aid, I just feel like the producers are trolling us because we don't get a grocery or cooking shot with Katina, but a larger one is joking with her if she wants to show off her cooking skills for a group of people in a house. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm going to be on the lookout. Is every round robbing introductory episode thingy with Katina and a larger one going to be related to co- to cooking? Because now I'm thinking like it's an inside joke with them. <laughs> <laughs> I really like your theory. I had not thought of that. So with the cooking, we are being trolled. Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. They're just laughing at each other. You know what? Let's just have fun with it. So anyways, um, they're going to Vermont. I think we've said it before. And I think Mouse Fan posted the house. It's a gorgeous house. And it's like, you know, they sprung for it. I will say that. So did you like it? Oh, yeah. I love the house. For some reason, I end up spending a lot of my day talking to people who live in Vermont. <laughs> or have connections to Vermont. And uh yeah, it's it seems like a beautiful place, but I'm glad they went in the summer. Yes, I have been to Vermont actually. It was like a random my friend was like, "Let's road trip to Vermont." I'm like, "Let's do it." And I went in the winter, but I quite liked it. It's very um quaint. So, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about maple syrup. <laughs> there's just everywhere you went I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, but yeah, but it was nice. Nice place to visit. I don't know that I went to the, the, the suburbs so much, but um, I liked it. It was a nice, it's a good place for a getaway. So I've always wanted to it. go in the fall and look at leaves. Yes, that is cute too. But yeah. So um, the biggest bomb for me in the entire episode, despite everything that happened, is the fact that Lindsay and Mark come out of their apartment and then Steve and Noy come out directly across from them. Like, this was shocking to me because I just assumed that they were very separated so they don't run into each other, so they get stuff. I just did not think they were that close to each other. Were you as surprised as I was? I'm, I was very surprised. 
I was like, so wait a second. When Lindsay's losing her shit, Noi and Steve are right across the way, probably hearing it because that one is not quiet. Yeah. That was very ridiculous. I just, what? Oh, I would really, you know what? Instead of having like different people on after party, I need a producer on there to just some behind the scenes <laughs> tips. Like what is the reasoning between having them so close? Because wow. But anyways, that was my biggest shocker for the episode. But Elijah one makes a joke as they walk out saying that he hopes that Katina still calls him her husband after this. I mean, self-awareness is nice and all, but you got to do the work. So they're driving over there. Lindsay is driving and antagonizing Mark by saying, not touching, not touching. But he, he, know, he don't like to be touched by her, but I don't know if she knows that or she knows and she doesn't care. I think um, she, does she know? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I feel like it just takes one time for someone to tell me not to touch them, but Lindsay is not operating like most people. If she doesn't know, she should know. And it's not because he hasn't told her. <laughs> many multiple times in fact the way he recoils <laughs> it's cute enough communication is not only by words <laughs> <laughs> so um michael says that he and jasmina have made a lot of progress that they should be proud of but they have a lot of work that they need to do um it was hilarious that he was asking her about a scale of where they are and he used will and jada as a 10 um yes i'm i'm sure he didn't anticipate that we are just gonna slap somebody and all of that stuff and i don't know if they filmed this before the whole um entanglement thing but using will and jada as a 10 is yeah but yeah nice it was most definitely after entanglements because entanglements was a couple years ago and i'm like who is after entanglements who is still using will and jada as a reference for how to be married (laughs) not me so (laughs) well michael does apparently (laughs) So he asks if she needs the chemistry at a 10 and she says she doesn't, but she just needs it to be more than halfway. Um, We did a poll over the weekend where we asked if people thought that Michael and Jasmina would make it. And we, it was like half and half. I think people want them to make it, but I think deep down, maybe we all know that they can't make it because when you say you feel nothing when someone touches you, next week's episode, we still hear that you feel nothing. I just, you can't get it in one week. So, but even Jamie wasn't. After party. Uh, after party is what gives us hope, but I just, you can, anyways, we'll talk about that. But yeah. Uh, where, okay, where do you stand? Um, Based on after party, not on the actual show, I think they will definitely say yes on decision day. Yeah. All right. Will they be together for a long time? Different question. They're, they're ha- they have to start banging eventually or this is not going to work. <laughs> I feel like I so, said that very crudely, but you know what I mean. That's okay. Sometimes you need to pound it out. Banging is fine. So Steve asked Noe if he needs more, if, sh- if she needs more from him. And she goes, oh, I think we made good headway. Noi is standing ground about this social media. Steve is like a dog with a bone. He is not letting that social media thing go. <laughs> he is bringing it up every chance he can. He said, Noi continues to say that it is not, it wasn't about him. Everything is not about him. And she has other relationships. Guys, I'm already struggling to follow what is happening. This, this argument made me feel stupid because it was so stupid. Like, 
And the producers know it was stupid because they did that thing where they started breaking it down into like a hexagon and putting pieces <laughs> of them talking. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't make, like, does Noi think she went into a pen pal relationship? Like, did she know she was getting married? Because it seems to indicate that she doesn't know that. She says some many strange things this episode. But I also, um, I like, <laughs> it amuses me how Steve is like trying to bring some logic into this argument. And every time he brings in logic, he loses because she's not operating there. But he'll try again. And I'm just like, Steve, you just might need to, I don't know what you need to do here because she's not, she's not in a receptive mode. Yeah. But the thing he does so well is because he doesn't lose his cool, the argument doesn't derail. Because if you lose your cool, someone like Noi will pick on that and say, oh, now you're talking to me crazy. You will not disrespect me. And then it derails into how you spoke to me versus the point that you're trying to make but he has to be dug it about it because if he doesn't bring it up they're never going to talk about it and then it just builds so mm-hmm. he's dealing with a child here so so steve asks so steve asks if she doesn't want to respect their privacy and that there are certain things that he's okay with that she wants to post about their relationships like i'm fine with it but there's just certain things that he wants them to have privacy and noise like you don't have to be okay with the things that i post Honestly, maybe I'm going overboard. So I'm just like, you know what? If you send Steve pictures of yourself in lingerie and Steve is like, you know what? I'm proud. My wife looks so good. I'm going to post it. Do you get a say? Can he do that? Because he's fine with it and she has no say? Like, I I just, I don't understand what her logic is. Your partner is telling you he has a problem. He's not trying to control you. He's just saying... Leave some things for us. Sounds pretty logical to me. Uh, yes. But if you... Noi makes no sense to me because she keeps on switching the argument from things you do impact me to I should be able to do whatever I want, which goes back to your point, then why did you get married if you just want to do what you want? It... it, it, My freedom, like... I don't know. The more Noi talks this episode, the more I think that she thinks marriage is some sort of prison. But I'm like, did you not go in willingly? Like, no one forced you here. (laughs) I just really wish Steve was petty like us. Because I would have just been like, okay, so if it doesn't impact, so I don't need to get a job, right? Because if I get a job, it's for you. (laughs) So. (laughs) But he's not that petty. And he's not that childish. He's not. You need to come on down to her level, Steve. So Steve tells her that she's actively doing things that hurt him. And basically what she's saying is that she doesn't care. She gives one of her noy looks like she smells something rank. And once again, this is also stupid. I don't, I don't know what's happening. But they get to their destination. And Noi says that she's battling being upset. But she's not ready to discuss this with the other couples. I'm like, just with your Instagram followers? Okay, girl. So she says that they're not here to fight. And they're here to have a good time. So they pick their rooms and all that good stuff. The guys are cooking dinner. And I don't know who told the larger one that everyone is a good cook. Because he said, Mike said he can cook. Mark said he can cook. Mark barely eats anything. Mike only cooks baked lasagna. A larger one only burns breakfast. So I don't know. The only one we know who knows how to cook is Steve. So, I did see something from a larger one, though. This whole time I've been like, what does a larger one do for Katina? He did carry her bags into the house. Girl, bye. I'm not giving him credit. I am not giving him credit for that. Like, no. I'm just saying, I've 
I've been saying for weeks, I need to see Olajuwon do something for Katina. So I, I mean, I have to give him credit where credit's due. You carried her bags into the house. Complaining the whole way, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> My credit is staying in the bank. Nah, son. <laughs> so we get real proof that Olajuwon can't do shit in terms of cooking because he's like, he's just going to sit back and he does nothing and just observes them. So they have a conversation and Steve asks how everyone has been since volleyball. All the guys are in the kitchen and the women are in the hot tub. So Mark says, you know, they have two weeks left and it's been three days of peace. He says at the beginning, he kept saying that he had to be in love. Now he's like, okay, I just have to enjoy you. The ladies are in the hot tub having the same conversation. Lindsay is doing her best martyr savior therapy speak saying mark has been hit so hard with life and she can't think of two weeks because she has to think of things that she needs to help him with to be able to breathe Lindsay's irritating Lindsay's oh, very irritated six weeks of this woman talking about his life is falling apart it's so annoying and you can, you can see all the other women being like we already heard this <laughs> Jasmina was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. But then she adds um, her therapy speak, which is, I think, what they told her. I don't know, uh, one of the experts where she's like, but there has to be a balance. I can't be a mother and a caregiver. But Lindsay, that's all you really want to be is be a caregiver. That's how you show your love. So Mark is saying like, hey, she he's, he's backing her up and saying that she is there for him, like his mom and his cats, and she's a good partner as long as they stay healthy. Jasmina tells us her real church mind and is like, Lindsay is a dramatic person. And she goes back and forth and if they're going to make it, she didn't really want to say like, I don't think they're going to make it. She's just being nice. Olajuwon says Michael and Jasmina are in a good space. He's telling uh, Michael and that he prayed on it for them. And Michael says, you did for real? And he's like, I did. Do we believe him? Yes, I believe him. You don't believe that he prayed? I believe him. I do believe him. Because that's the thing. Olajuwon is a... What's the word? Um, Not... Is it a paradox? Like, there's one side of him, but in this part, like, I actually do believe that he cares about Michael and Jasmine and he wants them to be good. So, yeah, I believe him. I just wanted to know what you thought. The funny thing about Olajuwon is I do think he's invested in all the other couples in a very caring way. (laughs) It's it's actually kind of strange. I don't like that man. I made sure to get it in early this week, so we all know. But (laughs) I do actually think he roots for the other people and the other couples, and he actually gives them decent advice. Olajuwon is kind to the other people. It's just when he gets heated with Katina, he turns into a different person. But we've talked about it before where we feel like when he's around other people, he knows how to act. It's just when it comes to Katina, something happens, which I don't know what it is. So um, Michael says that he wishes that they had connected earlier. And, St- and you know, the, instead they've had all these dips. But Steve was like, hey, the dips could be counted as progress. And Michael was like, I would agree. But our dips are so deep that if we have another dip dip now, there'll be no time to come back. Jasmina tells the ladies that she's not sure how she's going to feel on decision day, but she's hopeful. Katina is like, hopefully this weekend there'll be some sparks. And then Steve brings up the whole social media stuff with them. But then I have a question with you. 
I'm like, is this the same thing or is it comparable for Noi to get mad? He's saying that she's sharing it with other people, but he's also sharing it with people. Do you think it's the same thing or not? It's not the same thing, but it's still wrong. <laughs> Steve, I, I'm totally on his side. She should stop doing that. I feel like he's trying every single thing in the book to get her to stop. And so this is his next one. He already knows how he feels about this social media. He is not genuinely asking for advice. For some reason on this trip, his goal is like, I need to resolve this with the help of the people around us. And it's like, Noi is not on board. So yeah, I actually, I was, this is where I was like, wow, you're really going to harp on this (laughs) to no effect. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I think the only reason why I think it's not the same is these are people that he's going through the journey with, because his point the other day was like, you don't want to bring, you know, the family into it and all that stuff or whatever, but they're going through this journey. There's not really anyone that understands or talks about it. So I think it's fair game. But I also know I'm biased towards Steve. So, hey. <laughs> Do you think All Steve right. and your husband have things in common? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, actually, I said that really quickly, but you might have a point. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are We're- so in love with Steve that I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Oh my God. Do you think they have things in common? Yeah. I mean, they're both pretty chill guys. Now that you say it, I have to say it, but you might be right, but I don't want you to be right. I don't know why. Cause I'm in love with Steve. Okay guys, we'll be back on break while, while, while I stew on what ages did to me <laughs> right now. We'll be right back. And now that Tane is done stewing, we are back. <laughs> You guys, Michael and Jasmina will be the death of me this whole episode. Oh, boy. So we start with them in a stand-up interview, being cute as can be, while Michael admits that Steve did all the cooking. And Jasmina is just looking at him. He says, but that he broke the pasta. And Jasmina starts making fun of him for saying that he broke the pasta. She's like, people are going to make fun of you for saying that breaking boiling water and breaking pasta is a thing. <laughs> and he's no, like but I did make the pasta and, and she's <laughs> like no 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 I mean why are they so cute <laughs> they're so cute it's just it's not fair for us it's not fair for us so everybody's sitting around the table and they're talking about the food and we hear Katina say to Olajuwon you cut the onions didn't you and I was like oh is there some sort of skill with cutting onions that Olajuwon <laughs> has that we don't know about um <laughs> And Jasmina points out that Mark has no noodles. And Olajuwon says, oh, someone's getting nice and trim. I've been watching you. Before Mark can even speak for himself, Lindsay's like, or it's because his wife started limiting his salt intake. He told her that he hasn't been this great shape since his 20s. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this woman is obnoxious. Very obnoxious. And the obnoxiousness has risen to the hundredth power because y'all know what I'm about to say. That black scent came out again. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it so much. It just drives me nuts. It's really present throughout the episode. Throughout. <laughs> I don't even know like where the... Anyway, back to what she was actually saying. <laughs> what, like, it's just kind of, I don't know. Somehow can you make someone eating healthier and feeling good just make it sound like, like a negative or like you control him? I don't know. It's just weird. It was weird. 
it was like it was just embar- I was cringing. Like if you're cringing through the screen, how were the people who were present? I think before the like at the bowling, which was weeks ago, I said I don't think everybody's uncomfortable around Lindsay. After this episode, I was like, what were you saying? Apparently, from day one, everybody's always been. There are certain people who call her on stuff, but they're all uncomfortable because she says and does things that make people uncomfortable. I think the thing that gets me is for someone who's very into therapy speak and is so all knowing and, you know, in the know, how is it that she's not able to read a room? It's like, even if you start and you're like, Lindsay, stop. She doesn't stop. She just keeps going and going, even as the looks are going around and it's just awkward in the room. I just, it's, it's odd. It's very odd. So this theme sort of continues because Katina asks, who needed the retreat? Like, how do you think it'll help with bonding? And Lindsay starts evil laughing about someone not leaving the weekend. And it's one of those things that was like a funny haha joke, but she just starts like practically falling out of her chair, laughing, saying it's a, she loves a good murder mystery. And Noise straight out says to her, your laugh is crazy. (laughs) She told her, stop. And then in an interview, Noya's is like, Lindsay is quirky and funny and her laugh is crazy. <laughs> Everybody's looking around like they think Lindsay is capable of murder. Mark looks like he was about to die. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah asks how everybody's been since volleyball. If my timing is right, volleyball was like three days ago. So I'm like, what could have possibly happened in three days? Michael, it's always interesting to me how open Michael is. I don't. I think it's because for me, I know I couldn't be that open. Um, but he says that Jasmina felt like she didn't know him. And so he talks about opening up and that he's done that more. And then he looks at her and he's like, do you agree or disagree? And she goes, straight face, disagree. And then she's like, I'm joking. Because <laughs> all they have is, like, I'm telling you, it was just such a nice moment. Yeah. Like they're comfortable with each other but unfortunately this seems to be as friends (laughs) (laughs) their cheerleader Olajuwon in an interview he says Jasmina and Mike are getting better he seems very happy about it he's like they were sitting very close at dinner (laughs) they were and then they flashed to Lindsay and Mark who are very far apart (laughs) 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 Um, Mark starts mumbling out that they had a good week Lindsay and her black scent says that, you know, she values him pulling out of her blips and that everybody has a nice discussion about, like, blips and blipping and tripping. It was, it was all right. Um, okay, so they talk about how Mike Mark is not giving eye contact to Lindsay because he hates her. Oh, they didn't say that. That's just me. I know. I was like, that was our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Katina says that they've been doing good, no blips. Not to be boring, but she feels like they're on a good streak. I'm like, it'll be over soon. Don't worry. Olajuwon will make sure. Mm-hmm. Olajuwon gives his Katina speech. She put in effort. Her effort has reached higher and higher. Mark says that he's happy for her. Jasmina says that they discussed her. And Katina <laughs> knows Jasmina very well and is like, feelings. Because Jasmina doesn't like to talk about feelings, I don't think. I will say this. This was the first time that I would say that Katina was alive. And she actually spoke while standing beside Olajuwon. So, you know. Olajuwon says it's the first relationship where he's not the leader. It works better where he's in a partnership. 
I'm like, what is your relationship history, Elijah? This was the part where I went, because it was like, he was saying all these nice things about her. Like, oh, I give her credit. She's the reason we're working. Then he was like, this is the first relationship that I'm not a leader. And I'm like, is that a compliment or is that, I I don't know. But either way, it's just like, like you said, every time something good is going, Elijah slips in something to kind of fuck it up because God forbid, why should he go smooth sailing? But I felt some type of way about that. I'm not, the, this is the first relationship that I'm not a leader. So whatever. Then she's the one who slipped in to say, because it's like, we're a partner. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Noyan, um, Noyan Steve. So Steve tries to say, hey, let's talk about the social media. And Noyan's like, I don't want to talk about it. And then he asked why. And I was like, you don't need to ask why. Just stop this. She doesn't feel like it. He says, okay. And Lindsay's sitting there making her faces. Steve is like, okay, well, you decided to say no, but I'm going to say one thing. <laughs> the nature of your social media is public, so why do you not want to talk about it in this public setting? In an interview, Noy says she feels like he's trying to ambush her in front of the other couples, and she is right. You damn skippy. <laughs> he's looking for support. I think where he's... I don't know if he's wrong, because they're on a TV show where they're supposed to be talking about their issues. I understand that. If everybody at that table told Noy to stop posting stupid stuff on social media, I still think she'd be sitting there talking about, well, my freedom. Yeah, she would be like, they're their own people. I'm my own person. And I think that's what he was trying to do was like, I'm not the one talking crazy. You're the one talking crazy. Like, get other people's opinions and see what they think. And he thinks that would change her mind, but it won't because it's Noy. But I do want to say something. And you guys, get used to it. I am going to gush over Steve, who is apparently my husband. But... Steve is such a gentleman that when he started out to ask about if she wanted to talk about it, he said that everybody else backed him up to say that he mentioned it was about social media, but he didn't want to bring it up because she wasn't there. I just thought that was really cute because he just really respected her. There's not trying to, he covers his tracks very well where you can't derail what the fight is about, but he didn't bring it up <laughs> as long as she wasn't there. <laughs> But did he bring it up with the guys, though? So isn't that a little contradictory? He did, but he didn't go into... Oh, he did go into detail. Maybe... <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry. Sorry, they did specify. They said at the volleyball thing. Because he did with the guys. But at the volleyball thing, Jasmina was like, oh, yeah, you said you didn't want to talk about it because she wasn't there. So I don't know what the editing is like. But either way, I'm giving him props aid. Okay. <laughs> but I agree with you that Steve should have dropped it. But honestly, good on him for not dropping it. Like, uh, Noi sometimes needs a poke. A poke and a shake a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a poke and a shake. Like, what is a poke and a shake? Um, <laughs> <laughs> to bring her back to reality. <laughs> so at the end of the dinner, it seems like Steve finally lets this thing go because he's not getting anywhere with Noi. And then everybody goes to bed. My favorite couple, Michael and Jasmina, they're bed and she reaches over and she goes i can't believe you brought the candles <laughs> and I'm like, where have you been of course you brought the candles who is michael without the candles <laughs> Lindsay is touching mark again when he would not like to be touched he says come on this is pg this is an nc-17 she's not even doing anything nc-17 he just wants her to stop touching him uh, he was t- she was touching him in his man parts, and I'm actually surprised Lifetime kept that in. This this comes up in in after party, but I just want to ask, like, I I'm just gonna say my opinion first. There's no way they're having sex, right? No, she wants to. 
But there's no way Mark can... Mark does not like this woman. I think his <laughs> balls shrink and go inside of themselves when he's around her. So no way. That's what I think too. And then I watch stuff like this and I'm like, if you're not in that type of relationship with someone, why would you think it's okay to be doing this? With a camera It's Lindsay. It's Lindsay. When people are giving looks to the public setting, she doesn't get it. <laughs> Point tame. So we're back to Stephen Noy. I can't even. He tries to do it again. She doesn't want to do it. Like she doesn't want to talk about her social media thing again. Um, he says we don't have to do it here. I guess they can do it later. And then he basically like his whole thing is I don't want to go to bed with us like mad at each other. So can we like cuddle? And he kind of like jollies her out of her shitty mood enough for them to go to bed. <laughs> It was cute, but I do want to say a comment that our listener Morgan, hi Morgan, said to us and said like, unpopular opinion, she thinks it's okay to go to bed mad. She does not subscribe to the don't go to bed mad things because adults need naps too and you need to stew on it. So (laughs) I was like, shout out to all different choices. Everyone has different thoughts on it. (laughs) I agree with Morgan or does Morgan agree with Noi? I don't know, but I agree with Noi in that it actually is okay to like go to bed mad and think about things. Sometimes it's better you think and then speak instead of speaking immediately just to get past the conflict. Yeah. I think one of the harder things, I'm one of those people that want to talk things out immediately, but then sometimes you might have a partner that doesn't want to talk things out immediately. My only reason for not wanting to go to bed is I'm going to wake up mad. If I go to bed (laughs) mad, I'm waking up with the first thing in my mind is all that. And I'm going to wake up. It ruins my whole day. That's my only reason for wanting to talk it out. So. Um, I think Steve should have dropped it. At this point, it was just overkill. He should have just let it go. Just have a good time and figure it out later. I think it's because they have nothing else to talk about. And I feel like they're he is probably being pushed. I think he wants to talk about it. But I would not be surprised if there's some producer push. Like, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, So next up, everybody's going on a little date. So we start with Olajuwon and Katina. They're going to see animals. Jasmina says she's looking forward to field day. Michael says he's nervous about the medium. Jasmina said, you didn't know what a medium was. And I was like, would I know what a medium was without Alison Dubois? (laughs) (laughs) Alison Dubois was on a TV show called Medium, but her claim to fame where I'm from is she was also on... Real Housewives of Beverly Hill in a very famous scene called The Dinner from Hell. Oh, I just wanted to say, Alison Dubois was the inspiration. I think they consulted her for it. But um, Patricia Arquette was who was actually on Medium. Ooh. Jasmina asks if he believes in stuff like that. Tane, do you believe in stuff like that? That is a tough question. Um, I don't believe in stuff like that but i also have no basis for not believing in it but i think that's the whole essence of faith (laughs) you just have to believe or not believe but i will say this it depends as someone you know when i lost my mom that was the only thing that i had on my mind was to go get a medium because i just wanted any kind of reassurance that she was okay i didn't go through with it because i was terrified but i don't i can't say that it's something that i would never not do so gone to head I'll say no I don't believe in it but I don't have a basis so why don't I I think I feel the same way it is the people I know who have consulted like mediums or psychics or whatever it's always been after loss yeah I also feel like you have to be receptive and so I'm kind of in like I've, I've eventually eliminated myself at this time because I'm like well I'm not receptive so you know it's not gonna come to me does that make sense yeah it does 
And, you know, part of when I say I'm terrified, I'm one of those people, you know how people go to psychics to let them know what's going to happen? My automatic response is you're going to tell me something bad. My mind doesn't even think like you might say, oh, your future is bright. I just think you're going to tell me you're going to die in three weeks. You're going to have this illness or whatever. So that's part of why it's just not for me. And like you said, if you're not receptive, I'm just going to invite all that bad juju and I don't want it. (laughs) Michael says that like very immediately he says he does. And he says that he's like planning to go in and take what resonates. But Jasmina wants him to be mentally prepared. Because a medium can say stuff that you would only know. She says in an interview that she's excited and she does believe in stuff like this. And she wants to talk about their past and see what the future look like, looks like. But she knows that he's someone who is reserved and that she wants to make sure he's doing it for himself and not for her. Um, and she says that they'll be, that she'll be there for him. And they shake hands because they don't do romance very well. <laughs> That's Mike on Jasmina for you. Beautiful moment. Let's shake hands. <laughs> I will say this. I think in this moment and just in this episode, if I had to be friends with one of the ladies on the show, it will be Jasmina. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, I agree. She's she's the one who I would most like to be friends with. Yeah. I feel like Katina too, as long as she wasn't with a larger one. <laughs> that would be tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, we get some wacky, wacky music. And Lindsay is watch again, touching Mark when he would probably not like to be touched. And she says, it's time to wake up. I have noticed at this point that all of the beds had really nice bedding. Like all the bedding was like, had little pints of pink in it or something. It just, I was like, this is nice. Yeah. They joke about um, when he says, you don't need to kiss me to wake me up because he doesn't want her to touch him. <laughs> He's like, why don't you go to the porch? I'll meet you on the porch. So then we got a Lindsay interview and she says she needs someone with more life. She's the type who likes to get up out of bed and make the most of her day. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I was very irritated. Granted, I was already irritated by Lindsay, but Lindsay needs to accept that Mark is not her. She seems to want someone that accepts her for who she is, but she wants to turn Mark into somebody that she wants. She wants him to eat all the things that she wants. She wants him to do all the things that she wants. And now you want this poor man. He's not a morning person. Sue him. Just get up and go get your coffee and leave him alone. Okay. That's too much to ask. And here's the other thing. They are here to shoot a TV show. These producers are not going to allow people to sleep till noon. Okay. They're going to make them get up and do things so they can shoot them. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't want to get up before shooting and that was just a problem for her. She says that she's been trying to wake him up for hours. I knew immediately that was an exaggeration. <laughs> she says he's the first to go to bed and the last to wake up. The man likes his beauty sleep. Sue him. Um, It bothers her and that there has to be some sort of middle ground. Or he could just sleep. That's an option. Lindsay's middle ground is what she wants. That's the middle <laughs> ground for her. <laughs> So Mark tells us that their activity of the day is that they're having a sound bath. So they're sitting there talking to each other. And he says, because she gets hyper, she loses her shit. She's like, she thinks it's rude. She asks if he's trying to be insulting. He's like, I was just joking. She says it wasn't funny. He asks how the coffee is. She says, okay. She says she's not interested in a conversation right now. Then the producer asks her, are you upset? I'm like, do you have eyes? (laughs) Um, She's like, there's a difference between being funny and playful. It's been all morning. You keep taking digs at me. You know, this is the thing. I think Lindsay's probably right. I think Mark does 
probably make digs at her because he doesn't like her. But that particular one, because you get hyper, I'm, I'm, anyway. I was going to ask you, did you think it was rude? I think that that one comment was just a small comment and it was rude. (laughs) Here's my thing. I think you're right. I think that he does take digs. It's very easy when it comes to Lindsay, but Lindsay can't stay here and act like victim. She takes hella, hella digs at Mark and her digs are like six inch deep digs. Like she doesn't, like he's saying like you're hyper. That's actually fact. Like she's hyper and she likes to do certain things or, you know, she likes to get belligerent when she gets drunk or whatever. She takes digs at like his livelihood, his manhood, his thing, like deep things about life, like things that he's going through. So why does she think he's taking digs and it's not okay, but when she does it, it's okay. Because as we, you know, as we go further, we understand very, very well. Um, what is it? Rules for thee, but not for me. <laughs> um, basically, you know, she, she, people, it, whatever he said, her entire reaction was like so outsized. Yeah. She starts talking about, she's trying to laugh and make a joke and he just feels like a punch. He's like, oh my God, it's always about her. It's okay for her to get rambunctious. And when he tells her to stop, she's pissed. And he wasn't trying to go that route. Then she goes into her therapy speak. She's learned that if she based how she felt on how people spoke to her, she wouldn't feel good. And she stopped talking to her mom because of this. And this just might be one of those situations. So she's going to help his cat on Wednesday because we must never forget that Lindsay is here to help. And And then she will send him on his merry way. And then she walks away and says, that's it. Bye. (laughs) Lindsay and her empty threats (laughs) you ain't going nowhere you're not going anywhere wait of course she can't just leave she has to make a whole proclamation it's always like here I come to save the day I'm like get out of here Lindsay (laughs) (laughs) it is this episode is really indicative though of how when they are with the group that is when the worst Lindsay comes out Mm. yes but yes we find that once she has an audience she loses all sense of reality (laughs) i mean it's bad enough when it's just two of them but once she has an audience and we see this on after party she just feels she has to entertain and it's like no you don't Lindsay. it's like she looks for attention love whatever any which way that she can in all the wrong ways i might add so i don't know there's a lot going on it's a lot. So after that little disaster couple, we have some upbeat pop and we go to our next disaster couple. Um, <laughs> it's Katina and Olajuwon. They're going to do something with animals, we are told. Katina says that riding a horse on the honeymoon wasn't the best idea, but Olajuwon loves animals. So she's going to put her best foot forward and they're going to go to an animal farm. Tane has said it many a time. What does Olajuwon do for Katina? This activity is another Olajuwon preferred activity. Are you telling me they could not find a Katina preferred activity? I, I give up, Aid. I give up because I, a lot of people are saying this and I agree. Katina is basically auditioning to be his wife. Everything is a thing to prove that she's good enough or that she's capable or she's, why aren't they doing something that she would like? Like you said, it's, it's just irritating. I, I give up. There's no point. All right. So the farmer at this farm loves 
I love seeing people who love what they do. It's even the few minutes that we saw this farmer, I was like very happy for him because this is a man who loves his life with this farm. <laughs> so he's very excited to tell them that an alpaca is going to be rough, that an alpaca was just born. There are only like 50K in America. And it's not often that a new alpaca is born in America. I think they're native to Peru or something. Hmm. So we see the little gross newborn alpaca. Um, <laughs> and then we get to see the alpaca that birthed him, the afterbirth. I had in all caps, did we really have to see the placenta? I was not ready. And we got a close up. And the only reason I say this is I was just recovering from my panic attack, watching them stand so close to those big dogs. Those dogs were huge. And I'm like, if I was, just, I was just imagining if I was standing there with them, how I would just have passed out on the floor. And before I could wrap my head around that, then I saw the placenta and I was like, oh my God, I'm very squirmish. Like I can't look at blood and all that. I was just like, I was not ready, was not ready for this. <laughs> Katina wasn't ready either. She said, oh my God, be a lady. And I was like, this is literally being a lady, like giving birth and then birthing the placenta. <laughs> Nothing more ladylike than that. <laughs> Olajuwon is just tickled pink. He's like, it's the first time he's seen a placenta. I was like, but who wants to see a placenta? <laughs> he said he was more freaked out when the farmer said the dogs were going to eat it. Me and you <laughs> both, Olajuwon. <laughs> hey, yum yum for them. One man's meat is another man's poison. So... <laughs> 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 so they get to take the alpaca on a walk. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, does a does an alpaca need to go for a walk? Like, is that a thing? Olajuwon. <laughs> 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 I'm starting to feel bad making fun of him for not knowing words or whatever, but he's like, we're walking gazebos. Yeah. And Katina's like, it's called an alpaca. <laughs> he went through many words, but I'm just telling y'all, like, just as we're adding to our vocabulary, we're now calling alpacas gazebos, guys. So, yeah, they walk the alpaca. It's whatever. Um, They have a little picnic after they're done walking the alpaca. They thank the farmer. Um, Okay, so first the large one asks, oh, what do you want to experience while you're here? And she's as deeper conversations with him about their future. And I don't know if it was because the alpaca had just given birth or she said deeper conversation about the future, but it seemed out of nowhere. He's just like, you know what I've been thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> Do we blame the producers here? For what? Oh, for editing? No, producer intervention, like ask a question, bring this up with, you know, Katina. Or do you think this really just came out of his mind and it's something he's been thinking about? It could be either, but whether they brought it, whether they suggested it to him or he brought it up on his own, of course he was an ass about it. So he's like, don't you want to have kids in two years? Just the way he kind of said it. I don't know. Did it feel accusatory to you? It did. It was just like now, really? He says, but don't you have two more years of school? How are you going to have kids if you're just coming out of school? Katina is just like confused. She's like, but people have kids all the time. I think the other part of it is like, it's not like she's 20 years old. It seems like she already has a career. So she's just finishing her degree to like continue her career. Or is she in school for a completely different career? That's never really clear. Either way, she's expanding herself. Like, 
I don't even know that it matters. It's one thing if she's not working or not doing anything, but she has a nine to five job and she has a part time as a food blogger. A lot, just this whole conversation was strange, but it's very in line with a large one. So she's like, maybe you have a different mind state because she grew up with a single parent. And I, once again, like it would, it would be really helpful to understand what kind of household he grew up in that he can't seem to, like, I didn't even really understand what his point was. If you're starting a career, you can't be having a kid at the same time. And she's like, no, you can have a career and kids at the same time. And then Elajuwon reminds us what a hero he is and that he finished paying for his school loans and he doesn't want her to get offended. Why do you say you don't want to get someone offended unless you have done something to cause offense? (laughs) But it's going to affect him if you have kids and you're just starting career and he's not going to have that load put on me. He did his sacrifice. His sacrifice, I guess, was paying back his loans and making sure he has a house and she hasn't paid back her loans and how is she going to travel when she's just starting? It went in very many directions. So let's go back to that. What did he mean if Olajuwon impregnates Katina and Katina has their child? What does he mean by he's not going to have that load put on him? That's really all I wanted to know. This is why I would like to know what she's going to school for. Because I'm like, is it something... Like, is it like nursing where you might have to switch careers and take like a pay cut to be entry level? These things were all very, very unclear. I think he means support his wife and child. And I'm like, like Noi, why are you getting married? If you don't, I'm so confused. Exactly. So my point is like all these people, if you know there are specific things that you have to have, do not come unmarried at first sight. That's all. But also, it just seemed like a shot in the dark. Like, I don't, if everything's going well, Elijah Moore is like, nope, gotta ruin it. Gotta ruin it somehow, some way. And this is what it was this time. And he was putting her down for not being done with school and not being, I guess, where he thinks she should be in her career. It was a dick. It was trash. Trash. Did you notice that his shirt said, I am talking with you, not at you? Do you know that if you put on a t-shirt that says that, it does not make it true, Elijah Moore? (laughs) In an interview, Katina says that he's militant and things need to be his way. But in two years, we'll see what our life looks like. If I have my way in two years, you guys will not be saying the word our. You will be saying me. They're going to have a baby. Elijah says our time is limited. And he wants her to be realistic. And I don't even know what he's saying. This whole conversation, I had no idea what he was saying. I don't think he knew either. So then we see Steve and Noy and their activity. They get to go on rides. And I think they had the funnest activity. Um, I will say that I wouldn't pick theirs. I am not a daredevil. I am petrified of heights. I have done all my heights requirements. I've checked all the boxes. I'm never doing them again. But if you had to pick one person's activity, whose activity would you have done? You know, the sound bath. Same, same Z's. That's what I would have done. Get some nice rest. I also fall asleep during massages. So I feel like I will fall asleep doing that. When I get acupuncture too, I fall asleep. So I'm sure I would fall asleep with this. But they go on their rides. They go on slides. It was really fun and scary. But then they debrief afterwards. And Noi said it will be important to set aside time for them to keep doing stuff like this. Steve brings up the social media conversation again. (laughs) 
and tells us that he thinks that she wants to not discuss it because she wants to hold on to her rights. <laughs> Noi says, <laughs> it sounds right like silly, but you <laughs> Noi says she doesn't want to talk about it when they haven't come to a resolution. I'm not going to lie to you that it made a little bit of sense. Like she didn't want to talk about it with the couples because they haven't come to a resolution and she doesn't want them to bicker and go back and forth. So I know Noi is irritating, but I can see her side on that. So instead of bringing people into it, which is kind of Steve's point, you don't bring people into it because it complicates things. So man, being a human being is complicated. <laughs> yeah. So Steve, <laughs> Steve rightfully says that that's fair and I have to respect your feelings, but you don't have to. Because Steve is not letting this go. (laughs) (laughs) And Noi deflects again. And again, guys, I was struggling to keep up. So that's where the conversation ended for me. So we see Mark making a fire. And Lindsay comes by and throws a dig. I can't remember. Because he asks her, oh, nice, right? My first time doing a fire. Is it good? And she says, I'm like, I've seen better. But okay, he can't get mad because she's probably just kidding. As usual, whenever Mark doesn't take the bait and isn't like, oh, are you okay? What's wrong? What's this? She's like, I'm not happy with you. And then she keeps going, I'm frustrated. And then she says like, you know, I find you more negative than positive. And Mark says, even when she's joking, she shifts the attention to her. (laughs) And she says that, you know, she takes constant digs and she feels like he thinks less of her. And he says this to belittle her. So she... He can make himself feel better. And then she goes even further because Lindsay doesn't know when to stop and says that she thinks that she intimidates him and he tries to put her down when she's in her power. <laughs> I, 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 I was at a loss for <laughs> Oh, this foolish woman talking about her power. I was... <laughs> at a loss for words because I'm like again if she I think she's used to a volatile relationship and if when he doesn't react she needs to say something that will provoke a reaction and I'm like Mark of all people the the guy doesn't even want to fight but anyways we move on to Michael and Jasmina um they finally meet the psychic medium her name is Lauren and then she starts with saying stuff she brings up three to five years old, something life-changing. Mike confirms that's when he saw his brother get shot. She brings up the age difference and she tells him like, you know, like he's good on the other side. And then she brings up prostate. Honestly, I didn't know where this was going to go. I was like, uh, what does this mean? And then he brings up like his dad um, went through that. And then Jasmina says that she's feeling really emotional hearing about this because she's worried how this might take a toll on him. And she does look like genuinely worried. And I'm going to make a big declaration aid. I think that Jasmina loves Michael and doesn't even know that she does. I, I think that declaration is a, is a good one. I just, you can't feel that much for someone. I mean, I know you can for a friend, but I just, she had genuine, like she was concerned and worried and we get more context in after party that, confirms it so i'm just like well i don't know sometimes you don't know when you fall in love with a person but i think she's there so then the psychic starts losing her way she starts asking if there's a lot of boys in michael's family he's like nope are there twins in your family he's like nope we got triplets and then she goes i see twins a year and a half from now and then jasmina is like well i've always wanted twins i was like 
I mean, a lot of people want twins, so I don't know how <laughs> specific that is to her. And then she starts going, I, I, I'm like, okay, is everything going to be about Michael? And then she starts saying something about a sunny state. And Jasmine is like, I've always wanted to move to California. And then she's like, I see a boat. And then Jasmine is like, oh, we're going to be rich. <laughs> I see a boat. I see a house in the sunny state. Because you really do have to have money to have a house in California. So... <laughs> So she says that, you know, um, they have a bond, but he was scared to do this. And she also says that Michael fell in love with her the minute that he saw her at the altar. And Jasmina's reaction was so cute. She's like, what? What? Is that true? They're so playful with each other. And it was just very cute. As a sidebar, um, the lady, um, I think she tweeted Instagram something, the psychic, and she said they filmed for two hours. Oh, okay. And there was some other stuff um, about Jasmina, but I think the focus was just on Michael um, for the scene. So the sidekick says that she feels that Michael and Jasmina are supposed to be together. But then she says, if you don't stay together, which to me is like, are they staying together or not? I don't know. It's going to take Michael five years to find someone like Jasmina. But Jasmina is going to meet someone in a year and a half. But <sighs> she's going to regret not staying in this. And I'm like, uh, what are you saying? <laughs> Is this not the moment where you were like, this woman is a plant? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> because the thing about all these psychics that come on reality shows, you can look up people, production could tell you something, you never know. So it's just hard not to, but you know, apparently there are certain things she said that things have never been said. So, hey, I'll give her credit. So Mark says he set up a sound bath and he doesn't think she will like it, but he's hoping that it relaxes her. Lindsay actually does say that it was relaxing and she's surprised at what it is triggering within her. And then she says something that I think she thinks is a compliment, but I think she should just kept to herself that she really felt her grandpa's aura and she was really close to her grandpa and he was a very difficult and stubborn man. And then she's like, I guess I'm used to difficult men. <laughs> I'm like, Lindsay, no. <laughs> it's just like, that's how you know the self-awareness is not there. It's not there. Lindsay could never in a million years call someone difficult as a comparison to herself. Like, you can't say that your grandpa was a difficult person without saying, I am difficult too, because she mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then she adds, I wish Mark could have met my grandfather. And I'm like, I thought you were going to take care of the cat and be done. Why do you want your grandfather to meet him? Yeah. <laughs> empty threats anyways she packs up her stuff as soon as they're done and just heads inside she just leaves mark lying there because he fell asleep so it's game time in the evening michael and jasmine are hosting and this is where the cuteness is up to 100 degrees they both have shirts on where michael says he's the boss and jasmine says the real boss they split each other into two teams and they have to play flip cup for one of the first games. And as they're flipping the cup, Lindsay says watching Mark flip a cup because he wasn't doing very well at it is like watching a man need a, and I don't, I have no idea what she said. I know it was graphic because they bleeped it out. But the next thing she said was it's like looking for a clitoris or something. So I don't know what she said the first, I couldn't make it out. Lindsay never what the fuck does Flip Club have to do with once again implying that Mark is a terrible lover? Which I think I find most amusing because I'm like, the man hasn't had sex with you in six weeks. Yep. Yep. 
but she no, but no, she gets to crack a joke and it's so funny. But if it's her, it's a problem. So I don't know. They play dodgeball, look like fun, and the grave diggers, which is Jasmina and Michael and Stephen Noy, they win. And I say that because I was rooting for them, and it was cute. I was rooting for the grave diggers too because Jasmina and Michael really like they put on a cute little event, and they just seemed to be having a good time together. So I wanted them to win. They sure did. All right, guys, we'll be right back. We come back to a game that these people should not be playing. And by these people, I mean Lindsay. From the (laughs) very beginning. I know we'd seen previews, but I was like, everything about this game, Lindsay should not be playing. Or (laughs) she should be playing it, but not with alcohol. Generally, like, there's a lot of debate about whether Lindsay is an alcoholic. I don't know if she's an alcoholic. I do know that alcohol does not seem to bring out the best in her. No, it doesn't. So perhaps you should stay away from it. Or at least know your limit. You're a grown woman. You should know what your limit is by now. Like, I mean, I would never call her an alcoholic. That's a huge accusation. But it's just, like you said, alcohol and her don't mix. Especially with a group setting. That's a lot. Um, And I, people who have to get drunk to hang out with other people is a person who's not comfortable with themselves. Mm-hmm. Amen. So the name of the game is most likely to... I feel like they played a couple's version of this game and they just cut that out. But now they're doing a group version of the game. Jasmina says they all know each other as partners. So it'll be interesting to see how they know each other as friends. No, no, it won't be. Why do they need to know each other as friends? This is married at that, first sight, not friends at first sight. Yep. It would have been really good to see which couples knew each other because nothing was better than Henry and Christina winning that game. <laughs> <laughs> Who saw that coming? so michael and jasmina ask if everybody is ready then they flash to steve and noi who are clearly eating dinner and i'm like they're not ready they're eating dinner but they're like oh we're ready (laughs) so the first question they show us is who is most likely to get a cosmetic procedure noi wins all in good fun and Lindsay's like i you know i love you and then she shows noi and it's like Noi is like totally gracious and funny about it. She put herself to, she's like, yeah, I'm most likely to have plastic surgery. Then we have Best Liar, all in good fun. Steve says Noi. He says that she's the worst and the best. Noi says Steve. (laughs) Katina (laughs) says Jasmina. She's like, "Uh, I don't think you lie, but if you did lie, I would know that (laughs) that you were lying. Jasmina flips hers over and she picked herself. (laughs) (laughs) um in an interview mike says he doesn't like that she's laughing and in an interview she says she knows she's not a liar but if she had to lie about something she'd be pretty convincing and i believe that she's got she should play (laughs) poker she has a poker face she should their confessional was cute and then they had their new t-shirts better half and an avocado it was so cute they're killing me so the next question is about who would buy nice things for their partner. The answers vary. Lindsay wrote herself. Mark wrote himself. And Lindsay is hysterically laughing, clearly mocking him, trying to say that he could not buy her something. And which is funny. I thought back. I was like, for their anniversary, he bought her very nice gifts. I, just, I mean, you're mocking his situation. You're quick to always say that. His life is tumbling down, but he still planned that whole thing just for you. Today's activity was something that you would like. 
And it just goes to show, like, maybe if you think he's not spending as much, it's because he doesn't have it right now, but he's doing the best that he can. But again, she laughed. But the thing with Lindsay is Lindsay doesn't stop. She just continues that maniac laughter that she does that is just, like, nonstop. She's not laughing because it's funny. She's laughing to mock him. Everybody in the group knows he doesn't have a job right now. Like, it's just mean. (sighs) The next question is about who is most likely to be a stay-at-home parent? And Noy says that she wants to stay at home because she'd like to raise her kids. For two seconds, I agreed with Lindsay. It always bothers me when people say, oh, I want to stay at home so I can raise my kids. Yep. Uh, mothers who work raise their kids. I think I take it very personally. <laughs> a, because my mom worked and I always feel like she raised me, so shut the fuck up. And most of the women in my life are working mothers. And I just, I don't think there needs to be a, I don't know, the phrasing of it is always very weird to me. Yeah, I I felt the same way. Like, I didn't disagree with Lindsay when she said that. It's like, just say you want to stay home. Like, I don't know the whole, I want to be hands-on, I want to raise my kids. Because whatever you say, you are implying that people who don't do that are not hands-on. So. Correct. So Lindsay had two minutes of being right this episode. And I would like to give us props for recognizing that for two minutes, Lindsay was right. (laughs) <laughs> but she couldn't just stop there we're fair and balanced if you need <laughs> um Lindsay, this is where i look at Lindsay and i'm like girl you are drunk and maybe i just took too long but at this point i'm like you are drunk so then she starts taking this questioning further and she's like to noi are you okay being in a one income family because she's a two income kind of bitch once again mocking her husband who just lost his job Everybody is uncomfortable. Everybody is giving side eye. Noi answers, oh, like if Steve makes enough money. And then in an interview, like it's so funny because I have laughed at things that Lindsay has said in interviews before. But this time she decides to joke about Steve not having any income. because Probably because she knows like the rest of us that he does have money. So shut up. It just came up mean-spirited. I think you can tell when someone is like, you know, like if it was just like, hey, you're concerned about him not having a job, like why would you, blah, blah, blah. But she said it like in a mean-spirited way. And what's even worse, when she's doing this confessional, she doesn't, she seems to be sober. So you know what you're saying and you're aware of it and you made the choice to say it. So, yeah. And Lindsay's not done. (laughs) She keeps asking, like, does he make enough money? And Steve, these people are always so good-natured. Steve's yeah. like, well, you know, she wants three kids, so we're going to need a lot of money. And it's just that he's trying to be nice about it. And then in an interview, once again, jobless husband and a stay-at-home mom. I hope that works. Like, shut up. You got bigger fish to fry. Face your marriage. Your husband don't want you to touch him. And next, she does face her marriage by saying, well, someone <laughs> has to bring home the bacon and someone's got to cook it. Because she said that Mark would be a stay-at-home um, husband. And Steve and Noy in an interview are like, Mark's face is very obvious that he is not pleased right now. Yeah. (laughs) The next question is most likely to lie about their sex life in a relationship. Olajuwon has a crazy laugh of his own here. Katina says Steve because something about it is not rubbing her right. (laughs) Mark says Lindsay. And someone asks, why do you say Lindsay? And he says, because I tell him it's good. People, I am sitting by myself watching this show. I gasped out loud. It was terrible. She's a nut. Like you. Don't and I actually, I will say this: I don't think Lindsay's a nut. I think she's probably one of the most broken, unstable people they've ever had on this show. 
There is something deeply wrong with her. And sometimes I feel pity for her because it is sad to watch a human being be like that, even on a supposedly fun little TV show. And other times I'm like, please get away from other people so you don't harm them too. I hear you, but I think the silver lining or the hope is that, you know, she watches herself because the thing that they have or the luxury of being on reality TV is you can watch yourself and see things that you otherwise would not. And then you hopefully hope that they work on it or take steps to be better at it. Whatever. <laughs> what, why are you laughing? I have this vision of us getting to the reunion and Lindsay just being the exact same person. She will watch this whole season and she will not change at all. Well, I think I feel like, let's think of Michaela. I think even in the reunion, she was still really aggy or whatever. But now on her social media, she says she's come a long way. She's worked on herself. And I just think it'll be hard to watch this and not self-introspect, I I hope. Maybe I'm just hoping. I don't know. (laughs) I'm glad someone's on the side of the angels. Um, It ain't me. Um Olajuwon is like, damn, about what Lindsay said. And then Lindsay says in an interview that he's selfish in in bed. And I was like, okay. Mark's board says Lindsay. And he says, gee, I think she would maybe paint a picture that he wouldn't agree with and talk about it differently. And Lindsay says there's room for improvement and growth. And I'm just like, Mark is doing the bare minimum to defend himself. But if he wanted to right now, he could really go off. (laughs) so because things are not bad enough (laughs) the next question is most likely to start a fight every last person says Lindsay and then Lindsay asks why and Jasmina says the things that you've said don't ask and then Steve just decides to throw some petrol on this fire (laughs) he's like does that mean that she started the fight on the plane Steve was like, if I can't talk about my social media, I am choosing violence today. Somebody's catching fire. <laughs> this one decided to dog him for not having a job. And he's like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> Lindsay starts getting very defensive. She says, I'm going to have to come for you next. She went for Noy. She went for Mark. I'm like, is anybody else just going to yell at anybody else? Steve apologizes when she gets upset. Because... <laughs> So Lindsay has Alyssa energy because it's like Alicia, oh, Alyssa always wanted to let us know that she's a good person. But Lindsay, just because you say you're kind doesn't mean you're kind because she kept saying like everything I say, I say it in the kindest and nicest way. And I'm like, it doesn't come off that way. And just because you say it doesn't mean it's true. And honestly, I get it. That she, that all Lindsay wants is to be loved. She wants to be loved and acknowledged, but she's just going about it the wrong way. And I, she's not on the path to getting what she wants if these are the tools and these are the ways that she thinks she's going to get it. So it's really bad. So she's drunk and she's black scenting horrible conversation. (laughs) So she's basically going off on everybody. And she, she does a little monologue about how she's going to rise to the top in life and she doesn't give a fuck what they think. And she's going to come. It's so, (laughs) it's so bad. Um, then we go on commercial and when we come back from commercial i'm just scared i'm huddled under my covers being like oh my god what's gonna happen next 
there's like a non sequitur here because after the commercial, people seem to be just in different places in the house and Mark's in the kitchen and I can see Steve in the background and she comes in from a side door and she's like, why did you walk away from me and leave me alone? And Mark very calmly <laughs> says, I walked away because of what you said. And she says she's done with him. <laughs> and you can just see Steve in the background, not getting involved. Michael says in an interview, like, I don't know what's going on. Um, he left. There was a whole commotion. It's kind of on brand. <laughs> They're up and down. So he can't say that he's surprised <laughs> at what happened. So it looks like Mark and Michael go to the basement to sit down and talk. Um, He said, this must have happened between the game and wherever we are now. Because he says that he went outside to build a fire. He grabbed some logs. She brought up that it was her kerosene and she was mad that he used some of it to start the fire and there are boundaries. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't use the kerosene to hurt you. And then she grabbed his arm and he said, don't grab my arm. And then she said, fuck off. And Mark says to her, like, you can't control your emotions and you make the night awkward. Facts though. So then we see, Michael asks if this happens a lot. And I'm like, Michael knows that it happens a lot. He's been there when it happened before. <laughs> and then we see, I think it was Steve. Lindsay was trying to come down the stairs to interrupt their conversation. And I was like, is this production or is this Steve holding her back? It was a larger one. It was a larger one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why I was like, they really do be talking all the time. They're, they don't have the roof, but they still got their talks. I, it's strange because I'm, I'm glad she has someone who probably talks sense to her. <sighs> well, it's apparently she talks to everyone because well, when yes. Chris was on the show, he said they talk, they call him all the time. At after party, Jasmina says they call her. Elijah one, they have talks on the roof. So I think Lindsay is very generous with talking about their problems, so she can paint herself out to be the victim. <laughs> and now that I know that Stephen Noya right across from them, pretty sure they get it too. <laughs> Mark and Michael continue, and Mark is trying to say, he's like, you know, he tried to tell her, you just can't take it to that level. And Michael, in his infinite wisdom, says, I don't think the kerosene is the real issue. <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys are on Reddit. There's a famous Reddit post where the classic line is, the Iranian yogurt is not the issue. And when Mike said that, that's what it made me think of. When there's like a big, big problem. The thing with the Iranian yogurt is someone's boyfriend had like 150 different types of yogurt in their house. And then obviously this girl was like, I can't have 150 types of yogurt. So she threw the yogurt out and someone was trying to give her advice. Like, she's like, I threw out the Iranian yogurt. And everybody's like, you know, the Iranian yogurt is not the issue. It's the other 150. Why is this man storing all this yogurt in your house? <laughs> I realize that story sounds crazy, but if you read it on Reddit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> word for it <laughs> you have to be there <laughs> I guess you had to be there <laughs> Michael is trying to comfort Mark and he's like what is going on how are you feeling you know he's like we all know it's not kerosene and Mark is like it's a mixture of the game that was played and that her name was chosen in a bunch of situations but this is the way they edited it she cannot make the accusation that her name was the only name chosen. Other people were chosen for things. Mm -hmm. 
So then we see her in bed. She's like crying. I think this certain episode, we get to the part where I'm like, Mark might need a nomination for sainthood. <laughs> he asks why she's crying. In my mind, I'm like, why she's crying shouldn't even be your problem with the way she has treated you. She slurs out that she was talking to a lodge one and we were talking about the game. And he's like, everyone you're saying, I could see how his energy was, that you put him down and you need to speak in a nice and kind way. And then she starts talking about her therapy speak, honoring what she wanted. It's just, I mean, it's drunk and babbled. Okay. Like I think that she probably thinks there's a point there, but she's just drunk and trying to justify her crappy behavior with some, some therapy speak. Mm-hmm. And still making it about her. Mark says that he has no clue what she's trying to say. Join the club, my friend. Then she keeps on going. Like, I feel like I have to constantly give to you. And she starts with her and your life is falling apart. I know because we know that she keeps on saying it, that this is not the first time that Mark has said, please stop saying that my life is falling apart. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, he's like, it's not, he doesn't agree with her that his life is falling apart and he doesn't need her to say stuff like this to me, to him. And this is a pattern that he sees and it gives him pause, which is an understatement. This is a pattern that he sees that makes him want to run for the hills. In an interview, Mark says that every day is hard and it doesn't give him fulfillment, that they're going to arrive in a good place. And yeah, he's like, I'm trying my best and that's all I can do. Okay. So they go to bed on a pretty terrible note. She says at one point that it's going to be really easy to say no. I'm like, okay, then go say no. Go away. Oh, I, I'm so tired of the threats. Like, they don't mean anything anymore because you don't mean it. Very true. If you want to leave, just leave. Um, Lindsay wakes up. She says she doesn't feel good. Her stomach hurts. Mark very nicely takes her to urgent care. I was like, there's a whole production crew. And the way you spoke to me last night, one of them could take you to urgent care. But Mark, at the end of the day, is a good person. So he takes her to urgent care. Um, last week we were concerned that Lindsay was going to get out of a moving car. (laughs) She did, but it wasn't for the reasons that we thought. (laughs) I don't know if it was to go throw up or just because she thought she was going to throw up. I don't know. It was to throw up. And I just keep thinking if I was the owner of the house and I looked out and some lady was throwing up on my lawn. Oh my God. (laughs) That was gross. (laughs) I kept on being like, I wonder what's wrong with her. And then I thought for two seconds, she's hungover. Um, <laughs> ah, I didn't even think about that. I just thought she had a uh, like food poisoning or a bug or something. That's what she was saying. They all ate the same thing, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Did they all drink the same amount? Mm, I wonder. <laughs> Eight, you're so mean. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jasmina briefs everyone back at the house that Lindsay went to urgent care, and Jasmina said that Lindsay was supposed to cook, but Lindsay gone, so. Jasmina takes over and Michael jokes that he will supervise. Um, (laughs) But I have a question though. She said that Lindsay was supposed to cook an Italian meal. I'm like for breakfast or like, cause it looked like breakfast food that she made. So I'm like, were they going to eat a heavy Italian meal and then drive all the way back to Boston? I just thought she was going to make a frittata. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they sit around the table and Elijah one says the food must be good because no one's talking. 
Michael says, you know, it's just trying to soak it all in because it's the last time they'll be together in this way. Like they'll still meet up after. What Michael is not saying is that some of them will be broken up. (laughs) So so they're not all going to be together again. (laughs) Jasmina says that she asked Steve if there is pressure to stay together because they're the paradise couple. Who? (laughs) Who said they were the paradise couple? You are. (laughs) (laughs) They were the paradise couple. Noy said they need to work on trust and she'd like to get there before D-Day. Steve says there are trust levels. He's like, I trust that you're not robbing the middle of the night. But then there's like the trust to share emotions. That was a great way to put it, by the way. And the only way to build that trust is with time. Katina and Lajuan want more deeper conversations. He says they're having real conversations and sometimes it gets ugly, but she is strong. And there could be possibly be love. And they all make fun and say, you said love. And I was like, you guys don't understand. This love thing, I feel like he holds it over her. Because he likes to say it without ever saying I love you. Except for Mm -hmm. he did say I love you on the honeymoon. It's very confusing. I think he forgets. (laughs) Roll that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I got it. (laughs) It's a baked beans ad, guys. So... (laughs) Michael says that the meeting with the medium was where he learned that Jasmina really cares for her, for him. Um, Cause she really like beforehand was like, he might not be the mental space and Jasmina starts crying. And he says he felt like she was really looking out for him. And she says she didn't want him to feel like he had to do something that he didn't want to do. And Jasmina says that having Michael there, I mean, Michael says that having Jasmina there was very comforting. And that he's seen a compassionate side of her that he's never seen before. I would like to add that this whole time he was calling her Jazz. Aww. Not Jasmina. Okay. So cute. Olajuwon praises her for being real and vulnerable to Jasmina. And Noi says, oh, that's the love. And Jasmina's like, you guys really love throwing that word out. <sighs> Um, we see Mark and Lindsay in urgent care. She's getting an IV. I was like, so she's dehydrated because she's hungover. Okay. <laughs> I'm so Can proud of myself because I noticed uh, Stephen Noy's leopard print. Yes. And they, yes. A large one says that he's not excited for D-Day because he's all messed up. There, everybody's in the car driving back. Steve and Noy decide to have another one of their conversations. I feel like I got tired of them this episode. They had a lot of negative energy. <laughs> I mean, Steve is just trying to talk to his wife, which are valid. You have 14 days left, and something that might take two days with a regular person is one week with Noy. Because she's going to tweet about it, and then they're going to talk about that, and then it go back to the conversation. So, hey, I don't blame him. He has to take it where he can. I know. Noi says he tries to talk to her about the very reasonable topic of where will we be residing as a married couple in two weeks. <laughs> Noi says that it's very scary. And I know that we got married and committed, but you know, this one final step where I have to say goodbye to the life that I had before I got married and she hasn't fully processed. And, you know, this is where I kind of disagree with Steve. Because Steve says it sounds like you want your single life back. 
I think there's space for processing that a part of your life is over without necessarily wanting it back. Okay. I mean, I agreed with Steve again, but I'm I'm trying to make sure like it's not me just agreeing with him. I I think he's right. Because these are all the things you should have processed before you signed up for married at first sight. I'm sorry. Like there's space for that and then you think about it, but w- the, my thing is, it seems like Noe always processes her feelings. This is how I feel. I gave up this. I moved I don't even want to hear about this guy she moved to Boston for again because Steve is paying the sins for that. So it's like, you should have processed that if you felt that, because again, if you marry someone at first sight, you don't know what you're getting. So there's a chance that that might happen. So are you ready for that? If you know you're still going through that process, the trauma of, you know, being left out in the dumps with this guy and you didn't have your own space, maybe you're not ready. So I don't know. I'm kind of with Steve. I understand. I empathize. Let me put it this way. I empathize with her, but hey, it is what it is. Like a lot of people tend to think like when you get married and go into the phase, you're losing something, but you don't tend to think about your life is expanding into something else. And she continues to look at her marriage as Steve as her getting a whole bunch of losses. And it's not exactly that because she's actually blessed with someone. I mean, from what we see, we don't know him personally, someone that seems to be rational. So I don't know. You're right. You're right. Um, she has a whole spiel about her old partner. And then she mentions that she's never lived on her own before she lived in the studio by herself. And I was like, okay, so it sounds like you just weren't ready to get married. <laughs> I also am like, if you guys could just talk, I assume the lease is not up on your studio. Why don't you just move in with Steve and keep your studio? Yeah. It'll be okay. But like, if you don't have a discussion about it, then you can't go through all the options. Again, Steve is not an unreasonable person. Like, even when she said it, even I was like, okay, I can understand that. Your studio was your first mark of independence. It, it symbolizes that you overcame something that was a hard time in your life. Just be like, like you said, my lease is up in randomly September. Why don't we do a trial period, see how we feel from then? I'll pay the rent till then. And then we'll figure it out. But you got to talk about it to come up with solutions. Noi. But honestly, the way her face changed when he brought up the topic, I'm like, no, relax. Everything is in taboo. You got to talk. <laughs> in the middle of this, she starts crying because she starts talking about she just so much has happened in a short amount of time and getting married and having to move again. I just do not understand why you would get married and you live in a studio apartment and you would not think to yourself, oh, I'm going to have to move. <laughs> Get no, it. The, the, the surprising thing would be if Steve said, do you want me to move in with you so that way you get to keep your studio? <laughs> but it's her hilarious. studio. It's her mark of independence. If she moves into her studio, then it's not her studio anymore. My bad. And they're all they're both separate people. They have different thoughts and opinions. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. So regular, you know, just level-headed Steve. Instead of saying, man, you're talking nonsense. He's like, you know, take some time after decision. Maybe you need some time and to like process and be proud of your accomplishments and honor this part of your life. These are all good things. But in the interview, he's like, it's a sign that she may not be committed. I was like, you got that right. Um, (laughs) He says, you're saying I want to be married, but not live together. Well, do you really want to be married? And that's how we end this episode. 
this bonkers episode with these bonkers people. That's why we love them, Aid. Oh, yeah. This is a great episode, actually, come to think of it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, Tane, who has your bouquet this week? My bouquet goes to Michael and Jasmina. It was just cute overload from the t-shirts to the chemistry to the Jasmina being in love with Michael and she don't even know it. It was just really nice. Nice energy. It was a nice breath of fresh air from all the negativity that was going on around there. Who has yours? Um, I agree with yours, but I'll go ahead and give it to Mark for driving Lindsay to urgent care. Because the way she spoke to him and the way she belittled him, the 24 hours or whatever that they were there, I would have been like, yo, production, you can take her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Who has your burn ashes? Oh, my ashes goes to Lindsay. I just <laughs> make me listen. I already had a head cold. I don't need you to make me cringe even more. Add more to my headache. Like it was just cringe after cringe after cringe, and it was it was embarrassing. It was terrible. Who has yours? I mean, who else? <laughs> I, I get a lot of secondhand cringe when I'm watching TV, but this was new levels where it's just like you don't even want to watch the TV. To just see a human being talk to other people like this and act like an ass like this and at the end of it still not be able to say like, oh, wow, I acted like an ass. Just run her ass to urgent care to get an IV. I feel like I'm supposed to feel sorry for her that she was sick. I do not. I just think she was hungover because she drinks too much. That's just me. That's fair. I just think Lindsay's superpower is not being able to read a room. I'm still in awe about that. How can you not read a room and see that people are... Embarrassed on your behalf. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's a good point. Why does she but why do you think she doesn't read the room? Is it what is it? I I think she can't stop herself. Like maybe she knows, but she's just like, I'm here already, fuck it. I'm gunning it pedal to the metal. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. That's the only thing that comes to mind. I don't know. I don't know. I do think she has regrets afterwards. I think that's why she ran to urgent care the next day. I don't think she wanted to face them after her behavior. I don't know. I don't think she has regrets because she just does it again. And she's never really been, um, what's the word, in her confessionals, she's never been apologetic or regretful. We've never heard her say, like, I regret saying this. Maybe I shouldn't have. Never. Never. And that's her sober. So no, I don't think she's apologetic. Hmm. So, yeah. I, I actually, you know what? You've, I've come around to your way of thinking. I don't think she has it in her to be embarrassed. It's actually a terrible trait for a human being. It's Embarrassment has its uses. <laughs> it does. Shame has its uses. <laughs> May all of our listeners feel embarrassment and shame so they do not end up like Lindsay. Ourselves too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You guys, that's it for this week. Um, you can find Tane with Nana on the Rewatch podcast. They're on a break right now, but they have done four seasons of rewatching Sex in the City with a Modern Eye. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. 
Yes, guys, we're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you next week. We're counting down to the end, guys. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.